Use it or lose it. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise Deshutler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm gonna help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today, we're going to go to a place that's going to teach us that more is not always better. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of high-intensity strength training. We are looking for Owen Dockham, CEO and founder of Live Oak Strength in Emeryville, California. Is that you? That is me, Denise. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for inviting us to this lovely land that we want to check out today. My pleasure. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think you're going to be a great guide into this world. And uh, tell us a little bit about, like, how did you find this land? Oh, boy. Well, I was born in 19... No, just kidding. We will start a little later on than that. I've always had an interest in wealth, uh, wealth health and well-being. And um, I was a personal trainer in 2010 and 11 teaching silly little group classes, making people do things that I thought were a good idea back then. And now in hindsight, realizing I was not only putting people in danger, but not really helping them uh, get stronger. So I kind of just through my own curiosity and research, finally stumbled upon a book called Body by Science by Dr. Doug McGuff. And he really broke down the science and application of exercise in a way that made sense to me. And um, I found a mentor and met a friend who was also a trainer doing this particular style of training and asked for a job, essentially. And um, my mentor, he was great, David DeSisto, and has a, a facility in San Francisco, taught me the ropes. And then a year later, because um, I, I lived on the other side of the Bay Bridge in Berkeley, I started my own facility and it's just grown and grown and grown. And we we just actually celebrated our fifth um, year in business this week. It's uh, September 19th, 2020 right now. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's the short story of it. For sure. That's a short story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, you said that this resonated with you or made sense to you. Uh, how, how is this different from like a, a personal trainer or fitness training? That's a great question. So I never felt really comfortable with, well, 
one physically going into a gym and working out and exercising around other people. Um, I don't know if it was just being self-conscious or it felt like a very distracting environment. So, um, and so what we offer is really private, personal one-on-one. So any workout that is performed at Live Oak Strength or facilities like mine around the country are always supervised one-on-one. And the reason for that is multi-purposes, but the preponderance of scientific literature, and this branches out into more fields than just exercise, is that people perform better with a coach or when they're being supervised. So that immediately made sense to me, right? Like if Mm -hmm. you think back to grade school, the teacher left the room. Did the kids behave better or worse? (laughs) Oh, I definitely was better. (laughs) Right, right. Or if the principal walked in, everyone perked up, sits that up a little straighter, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's our instincts Mm -hmm. to push ourselves a little harder when someone's keeping us accountable. So that aspect appealed to me. And then it's quiet and private. There's no music or um, people in the corner around. We, we really only allow one or two people to train at once. So it's just like you get this dedicated, super meditative 30-minute session all to yourself to really focus on great form, a slower speed of movement than you probably see most people lifting weights in a traditional gym. And, um, you know, through through this journey learning what, what is like really the ideal way? This is like a question my colleagues and I are really interested. What is the ideal way for the majority of the population to exercise? And I'm 100% convinced it's a it's strength training. It's not other things. And it's strength training in a way that has to be safe. Because if you get injured lifting weights or doing injuring anything physically active, by definition, I don't think you're exercising because exercise should always make you one stronger and two always make you healthier and getting injured is definitely not one of either of those two so um those that kind of logical and smart approach to helping people in a really efficient and safe way that's super appealing to me because i like most of my clients are kind of gym misfits they never felt good in a gym culture atmosphere so this is an alternative smarter more efficient way for them to get great results and not have to deal with what's usually like commonplace, a gym, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds a much more intimate and more focused approach to what I say exercise. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So pardon me if I'm going off on a tangent, but I think it would be relevant to say, you know, I'm super passionate about teaching people how exercise really works. And like, like we were talking earlier before the show that to make a distinction between what you're doing as exercise and then what you're doing, that's just physical activity and making a distinction between those two things can be really powerful because then you learn that more is not better and true exercise really doesn't create any direct results. The only thing it can directly do is hurt you, and we don't want that. So what we want to do is somehow safely um, stimulate the body, just kind of like a sun would stimulate your skin to make a suntan. It's not the sun that is creating that tan. It's your body's response to that stimulus to protect Mm -hmm. it from 
a greater threat later on. So exercise works very similarly to that. We stimulate the muscles and we have to stimulate them. We know there's a, there's a threshold. It can't just be like, okay, Denise, real quick, I'm going to just do one air squat and call it a day for my exercise. That's not enough for my body to pay attention and to make change. We have to actually make a profound impact on the body um, that's intense enough. It has to cross this threshold of intensity. And that's hard to do when you're not supervised and stay safe. That's why it's supervised. And then the organism, you, me, the client, we're going to respond to that if giving the proper building blocks, rest, uh, stress management, adequate hydration, adequate protein, and other macro micronutrients. So if you introduce a threat, the stimulus too early before you're fully recovered, you can get negative results. With a suntan analogy, it would be a sunburn, right? You wouldn't mm -hmm, be like, mm -hmm. I want to get a tan really quick. So I'm just going to lay out on the, you know, the equator for an hour and you live in Alaska. Like that's, you're going to end up in the hospital with third degree burns, right? Right. So how can we get the minimum effective dose that actually pushes change in a positive direction and doesn't cause any undesirable effects and results? Like, with exercise, any tissue damage, muscle pulls, strains, you name it. So we're really trying to find that super ideal dosage that works for each individual. Nice. That's super fascinating. It sounds that what you're describing, when people get injured during exercise, it's uh, they their body wasn't in the proper stimulation or it was overstimulated than what the body was prepared yeah. for. Is that kind of what you're seeing? Exactly. So it's, it'd just be like overdosing on ibuprofen, right? Or just too much of, it's like more is not better. You got to find the right, the dosages, the, the poison in the dosage, right? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people, it's, it's in our society, it's like two sides of the coin, right? We've got people going crazy doing like crossfit -y stuff six days a week, and pushing that catabolic state because they're breaking down, breaking down, breaking down. They're, you know, they're shredding their muscles. And then you get the other side of the spectrum where people are just couch potatoes. Mm -hmm. And so they're in an overly anabolic state, overfed, and they're not moving enough. So mm -hmm. we're really interested in the middle line of that. The middle line. Okay. How do we create that stimulus that's maybe that intensity that a lot of people are after, but without the injury? So with a slower speed of movement because we know force equals mass times acceleration, but we know we have to be intense enough to stimulate change. So the weight or the challenge has to be pretty significant. So we, we lift a really pretty heavy amount of weight and that's subjective to the client, mm -hmm. but we do it really slow. So there's literally as close to zero force impact on your joints, ligaments, and tendons. So you stay really safe. Nice. And we just strategically you know there's the order of recruitment um you're going to strategically just exhaust as many muscle fibers as possible in a minimum amount of time and that's essentially sending a message to your body your organism that hey this environment you're living in occasionally is dangerous and you better adapt by continuing to be strong keeping your muscle tissue alive and working well in case that stimulus comes back in the future and 
threatens you, you're more likely to survive. Mm. And not just survive, but thrive. And I'm taking that from somebody we know. From the end of Bando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But if you, you know, if that threat comes back immediately, if it's a tiger or the sunshine, and you're still exhausted or wiped out, you're not in a very good situation to outrun the tiger. If it just chased you yesterday and you're totally out of breath and sore or you sprained your ankle or whatever, right? So we mm -hmm. have to introduce it enough to keep the body alert but not too much to cause injury so i really think that's the ideal way to exercise for our population today because our genetics really have not caught up with the fact that food and water are super abundant we're kind of programmed right to mm -hmm. store fat for famine and drought or winter when there's not a lot of food around um, and we're kind of you know because we're living longer we we naturally lose muscle mass and that slows our metabolism down so we can't really get away with eating the same amount as we age unless we're doing something to keep that muscle on our body mm, you brought a very good point that i don't think a lot of people think about i think it, what i hear is you know um oh, i'm just getting older so these things just happen. It's more of just like, you know, okay, I'm accepting it versus understanding what happens. I mean, obviously things happen with our body as we age, but there's things like yeah. there's things we can do as we age and building muscle is a very good thing, at least from your perspective and how that helps us and with our metabolism. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. That's a good point. We have point. clients in their late eighties, early nineties that have very little resistance or strength training experience and they get stronger too because it's just, it works for everyone. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, everybody can get stronger at any point in time. That's excellent. All right, everybody listening, doesn't matter okay. what number you have, you have yeah, this opportunity if, if you want to try excuse. it. Yeah, there's no excuse yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me ask you, uh, we talk about, and most, you know, I'm sure everyone has exercised at least one time in their life um, that's listening here right now. Uh, a lot of times that happen with exercise and workouts, uh, we have that recovery period, right? We feel sore and sometimes it's like, it even feels good. It's like, oh yeah, I got that workout yeah. in. Um, and we actually like that feeling, you know? So with the work that you do, it's 30 minutes, it's intense, but it's also really hyper-focused on form to keep them safe. What is recovery like? How does that feel after a session or after multiple sessions for people? That's such a good question. It's different for everyone. And, um, you know, I think soreness is something that's of interest to a lot of people, right? And um, some people get sore after this workout or anything, and some people don't at all. And what the preponderance of literature I've read is that, you know, soreness really usually comes from novelty, doing something your body's not used to. Mm. Um, in for an amount of time it's not used to or an amount of intensity that it's not used to so um that's i mean that's my little bit on soreness but um we know so there's like an exercise threshold right so let's say denise you come in for a session with me i'm going to say denise is 100 units of strength right now pre her workout with owen my job by the end of your session with me is to kind of take you down 30, 40%. I'm actually going to try to safely make you temporarily weaker than when mm. you walked in the door. 
And so that's one. That's why more exercise is not better because I don't want to be weaker. I actually want to be stronger. So I've temporarily made you weaker. Like you'll put 100 pounds on the chest press and you'll go and you're moving it. And then all of a sudden you're going to get fatigued. You're tired. That 100 pounds is going to not be, you're not going to be able to move it. It's stuck. And you're giving 100% effort. You have now become weaker temporarily. Like you were able to do it and now you're not. So you're weaker. And it's like digging a hole. We've got to take time to fill it back up. So that's that recovery period is usually when done properly, this workout 48 to 72, maybe even 96 hours to what we call not just return to baseline to, to get Denise back from 70 to 80, 90, 100, but to 101 or 110. And that's called super compensation, right? Like you came in at a certain level of strength. I made you weaker. You took my advice. You chilled out. You didn't stress out. You like drank tons of water. You got like a gram of protein per pound of body weight every day. You were like sleeping like a rock 10 hours a day. You came back like recharged. I put 105 pounds on that chest press the next one and you were able to do it for the same amount, maybe even more time under tension on those muscles. And we just repeat that cycle um, over and over and over again. And you're, so you're just constantly breaking down and then giving your body time to chill out, relax and build up. Maybe like if you come in on Monday, by Thursday, you're back to 100%. Friday, you're 110%. So you've got a little extra time now. You can like enjoy physical activities that you personally like doing. Like what you like doing might not be what I like doing. Like I like hiking mm-hmm. and cycling. Um, I'm not really into like um, horseback riding or Pilates. Those aren't my things. But the strength you get from this style is going to make you more prone to want to be physically active, doing things you get to choose to do. Mm, Not because mm -hmm. you have to, but because you get to and you want to. um, And it's not because you think, Oh, I need more exercise. It's like, Oh, I got my, I got my dose of exercise in for the week. I'm covered. I'm going to go do, stuff I like with the people I love because life is short and I should do it doing things way more important than exercising. That's my philosophy. Well, that's that's great. Benefits my clients get to enjoy. Okay. That's awesome. You brought up, so working out with you, you're saying that's your exercise. And then from there that allows us, it sounds like it builds the foundation for people to do activities we that bring us enjoyment, whether it's yeah. you know solo or with friends or family. Um, yeah. It's like it sounds like what you're saying is that builds a foundation of strength in our body, so then we can do what we want to do. Is that exactly. correct? Totally. I you know a healthier organism, no matter what uh, the species is, right? Like if you like a a healthy puppy dog, you're going to see it. It's bouncing all over the place, right? It wants to play. It wants to go on like 10 walks a day. It's healthy. It's strong. It's vital. It wants to move. Whereas like a old dog or with an injury, it's going to just kind of chill and lick its paws under the tree. Yeah. It's the same, you know, sleep in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. So the strength training is really like a foundational health habit. That's going to, well, not just allow you, but it's going to, you're, you're going to be encouraged naturally. You're going to want to go out and use this new level of strength that you've never experienced before in your life to go do maybe things you did as a child. Like 
oh my gosh, I have the confidence now and like my back pain is gone to go play soccer again or volleyball or basketball. I haven't done that since eighth or ninth grade. Or um, we have a lot of our clients report like, oh my gosh, I'm like passing my kid up on our family bike rides now. They're like having a hard mm. time keeping up with me. Or like, nice. oh, and that warrior three in that advanced yoga class I'm taking is so much easier. I just get into it and I can hold it and I'm not even trembling anymore. So it really translates to everything. Whereas I think the way a lot of people approach exercise is too specific. They think, um, you know, I'm, I need to improve. Well, let me say it's, uh, they think it's specific, but like, you know, Hey, I need to improve my balance. So I'm going to get really good at standing on a ball on one leg because mm. I want to improve my balance. It's not how it works. Like skills are specific. They're utterly specific or not specific at all. Um, so I think it's not only dangerous and a waste of time for most people. I don't want to poo-poo on anyone who wants to get really good standing one leg blindfolded on a ball. It's great. That's what you want to do. But there's some risks. And I think the risks outweigh the rewards to that style of training. Um, and you should just strength train, get as strong as possible, and then practice the skills you find interesting and become a master at those things. And having more muscle tissue that works the way you want it is always going to be a good thing for every activity you can think of. Okay. So it sounds like you're going back to, uh, don't start with that. You know, your advice is to start with building the foundation of strength in your own body. And then mm -hmm. you can kind of, uh, fine tune a certain Avenue that interests you. Is that, yeah. that be correct? I'll I always encourage my clients when they start training with me to have a baseline activity that they do. They're already doing, maybe they're already playing volleyball or going on a weekend hike to do that same hike every weekend while they start training and take note of how it, the experience changes for them. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, so I have a client right now. She's a big, she's an avid runner. She, she has a friend who's like a triathlete. They'll go out every Saturday and run like a casual 13 or 14. Yeah. Miles. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, she's says she's better able to keep up with her, especially going up hills. Now she's not as winded and mm -hmm. she's like, I'm not a professional runner. She's, I mean, she's pretty strong and like in great shape, but, um, you know, she'll just do once or twice a week that run. And she's noticed after three months. Yeah, it's translated to better aerobic capacity, more endurance, and just better able to keep up and do it with less conscious thought. Nice. That's fantastic. There, um, there are two points I wanted to bring up. Um, one, I wanted to go back. <clears throat> you were talking about using me as an example, coming in for my first session and you wanted to make me weaker. I just wanted to point on that is the purpose of that was so to train my body to rebuild. Why was the point to, to get myself weaker and then, you know, have me go through, is that just part of the process of recovery? Right. I could have explained that a little clearer. The, the term of making your muscles temporarily weaker is actually called inroading, a theory of inroading. Mm -hmm. So, you know, muscles, they are like, they're the most metabolically active tissue in our entire body. Like they account for like a huge part of your BMR, like your basal metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. Your listeners, that's just like how many, literally how many calories does your body need to input each 
day, how much is it burning in a 24 hour period? Like if you are literally just a couch potato or like in a coma. So for all your vital organ processes and moving around. Um, so really I'm trying to temporarily um, take energy away from you. I'm trying to drain glycogen out of your okay. muscles. And the act of doing that is weakening because that is like liquid gold energy to homo sapiens. Mm -hmm. And we will fight tooth and nail to give it up because we don't, as we were saying, as a species, we've primarily for most of our existence dealt with drought and famine. So mm -hmm. we're going to hold on to that emergency reserve of fuel for really dangerous or like high intense uh, experiences like running, uh, chasing your, your food or being chased as food or whatever it may be like mm -hmm. building a house and lifting like a big boulder up momentarily to pass it to your other buff caveman friend to stack it up. Right. So like sudden bursts of energy, those are, you know, the taps into those fast twitch muscle fibers that are anaerobic. So we're not using those right now, as you and I are talking, we're mostly just using our slow twitch muscle fibers. Mm -hmm. the, air I'm, the air I'm breathing is enough for me to be like animated and twirling my arms around. So um, it's, yeah, when we tap into this fast twitch, it sucks the glycogen out of our muscles. That's a fancy word for stored sugar. And uh, that makes us weaker. It makes it necessary to go out and replenish and get um, recovered. It takes a while to recover those fast twitch muscle fibers, whereas like a low intensity, kind of moderate intensity, long duration, 45 minute jog, it's primarily low intensity aerobic, like the, the air you're breathing is, is enough for you to handle that. Mm -hmm, whereas mm -hmm. like a sprint, you can't sprint a marathon, right? You have to right. pace yourself, right? I mean, maybe there's somebody out there that can sprint <laughs> a marathon. I'm sure <laughs> we're pretty awesome. Humans are accomplishing more and more and more. But that's um, true. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of a catchphrase. Like you can either work hard or you can work long, but you can't do both. Mm, that's a good. That's a good uh, way to view it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. We just make it's. It sounds scary. It sounds weird, but we're literally just temporarily making you weaker, and that sends that message to the body that there's some sort of a reason to supercompensate and become a stronger version of yourself. Because hey, this environment every now and then requires that I actually use that that muscle. I better keep it around. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people don't realize there's this thing called sarcopenia, osteopenia and osteoporosis are really well known, like temper, uh -huh. you know, weak weak bones. But uh starting as early as our mid twenties, usually thirties, we use we lose about three to five percent of our muscle mass every decade. That's like a half a pound every you know, almost every year or two. Unless we're doing something, sending some message that it's important to you and your lifestyle that you're gonna keep that muscle around. You, you, you use it. Damn, nice. use it or lose it is actually a good. <laughs> use it or lose group. it, right? It that is a, that is really... an old one, and it's actually accurate. Yeah, oldie but goodie, oldie but goodie, oldie but goodie. Yeah. So yeah. the message that I'm finding here is that yeah, having the right stimulation, right? Because we do, as we live on this planet, stressors keep happening, and that could require physical response, and that could be the fast twitch muscles that need to respond. And so for us to be better equipped, it, our body needs to know like, hey, 
can I, you know, can I operate these when I need them? And, you know, and they're still useful to me. So it sounds like the work, you know, working out with you will always tap into that. So it'll be on reserve and ready to fire up when needed versus when I need to fire it up and I get an injury. It sounds like that happens a lot. Okay. And as we age, it's really primarily those fast twitch muscle fibers that we lose because you mm. think about it, we, we just kind of naturally in our society become more sedentary as we age. We, you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember I played three sports at once, like sixth through 12th grade, volleyball, mm-hmm. basketball, soccer. I was active, so I was always using it. But then, you know, I got into college, I became a music major, just kind of sat around, got a job. It's like this society doesn't necessitate it. So you've really got to make it a priority. I think consciously in adulthood in this 21st century concrete jungle society to do something occasionally. And I guess my main message is like, it's, well, it's not easy for those 20 minutes, but it's super easy to incorporate. It doesn't take six days, three days, four days a week an hour at a time to, to make a really profound difference. You can really, if you work focused and hard enough, you can really move the needle in the right direction with 20 focus minutes per week. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. That's yeah. good to know. I think, uh, well, before the pandemic, uh, majority of us were really strapped with time. And so that's always a stressor. I know for people that actually want to exercise and do stuff like that, they have a hard time like, oh, I actually want to do it, but where can I fit it in my day? So knowing mm-hmm. that to get the proper stimulation and build a foundation in the, our, our muscle of our body, um, yeah. yeah, you're saying 20 minutes a week to be effective. Yeah. Awesome. Even, I mean, honestly, for some really advanced people that really just know how to push themselves hard and you can do this. I mean, we have fancy medical grade equipment at our facility, but you can do this style of training with body weight. And it can be really effective as I've learned throughout shelter in place in the pandemic here, teaching people virtually on Zoom that don't have a lot of equipment. They have a, a clear wall, a, mm-hmm. a beach, beach towel, and like a tote bag full of water bottles or books. I can give you, I can teach people how to get a really intense stimulus with those just everyday like household items, which I didn't really experiment or play with before this all happened. I was kind of forced into that, but it's been eye-opening. The source of the stimulus doesn't matter, you know, mm. whether you have like a, the fanciest equipment on earth or nothing but your body, your own body weight. If you just learn a couple of these key principles, you can, you can have a really effective workout, even just like, a, I'm going to say 10 minutes twice a week. Like you can really break it up. You could just do you remember like a wall sit, like mm-hmm. grade school, the yes. teacher might like make you like, I've time. done many of those in my life and I was pretty Super good at them. Super strengthening, <laughs> endurance building exercise. And, but the, the trick is you have to do it to the point of failure. Like until you are just shaking, trembling and gravity's strong pull is just taking you down. You got to fight it tooth and nail and every bit of your instinct is going to be screaming at you to give up but that's literally you tapping into those final fast twitch fibers and that's the key stimulus for change okay so that's where i think supervision is so crucial because even i like now doing this workout six years almost the style i always get a better workout when a trainer is 
training me because I'm human too. And I will either quit early or my form will be sacrificed. You know, you're going to try to wiggle out of it. You're going to try to avoid the discomfort. Mm -hmm. So you do a wall sit and you could just hold like a push up in the mid range. So your chest and shoulders are really engaged until you can't do it. And then take a towel for your pulling exercise. You could either loop it around the door and kind of do like a row type of a thing or just wrap it around your feet sitting on the floor and pull and kind of retract your scapula. Legs, push, pull. I mean, that's a a big portion of the muscle mass in your body. And that can really done properly and intensely enough. That can make people's posture change and have them feel better and put on a little more muscle if they're eating enough. It's surprising how little it takes if it's done properly. Right, right. Thank you for that point. I think in general, and and why I wanted to do this podcast is just it's getting the right information. Uh, We try stuff and and plus there's so much information. So I empathize with uh, not knowing what to do and hence why I'm talking to you and others like you. It's like, okay, people that are experts in their field can give us the right information and from there we can make our choices and, and have like more of a educated informed uh idea about things and you and i were talking earlier about expectations um you made a comment about um there are people like you tend to hear a lot of similar questions or ideas that your clients have what are those things and how do you address them yeah um well <sighs> I guess, yeah, expectations, number one, what, what can actually, what can exercise actually do for a person? And I think, you know, without anyone arguing, everyone would agree exercise is a healthy thing to do. I think that that's pretty commonly held belief. But I, I think a majority of people don't know how awesome exercise can really make you feel when it's mm-hmm. done properly. Like, I mean, we, I don't want to, I guess, miracles, whatever. It's like after just even a month of this training, posture can, we see posture improve and just like activities of daily life are easier. So those, I think those are really um, realistic expectations to get out of an exercise program. Posture, a little less achy and pain, and then just maybe carrying your groceries up your stairs. Those types of things are going to be easier. I think an expectation that might be unrealistic due to the fault of the fitness industry is that anyone can look like a fitness model on Sports Illustrated or that guys can get as ripped as Arnold Schwarzenegger or that women can have, you know, those washboard abs and be healthy. You know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of Photoshop going on there too, Mm -hmm. but you know, your genetics do, they don't dictate the quality of your life, but they do play a pretty significant role in how your aesthetics will look. Um, If you're doing a strength training program, you know, like I, I will never have 20 inch biceps. It's just not going to happen for me, no matter how much steroids or protein I'm drinking. It's just like, I didn't choose the right parents for that. (laughs) <laughs> in my car yeah 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 or like i don't know the specific number but it was like when arnold schwarzenegger first stepped into a gym at, i think he was a teenager at, at age 15 he could already bench press something like 350 pounds like and he yeah. never touched a barbell like right like yeah i i will 
you know, I could maybe work up to a 300 pound bench press if I really practiced hard enough and did all the right things. So I think it's really important for people to, you know, it's like, it's just a, I like to be a kind of a hard truth, like, Hey, you will probably never look like that. And just let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a coach and I, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer here. You can, however, feel, Oh, I'm going to drop an F-bomb almost. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> lipping fantastic. Lipping fantastic. You can get rid of aches and pains. You can have more energy. You can feel confident in a t-shirt if you've been a skinny guy like me my whole life. You can feel confident wearing a bathing suit. Like That comes probably not from what you might think like from the aesthetics, but it's going to come when you push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit each week with this type of training, because that's where the good stuff is in everything in life. It's out of the comfort zone because you're literally deciding to do something you've never done before. So I'm literally having you lift amount of weight you've never lifted before. And when you do that over and over and over and over again, and you fail and you fail and you fail, you get used to being able to do harder stuff and you get Mm. confident about it. And then you feel a little more uh, willing to try new scary things. And like you keep that pattern going on and your life opens up so many more opportunities. Um, So I think that's, you know, my clients, I educate them on that. And the ones who get it, they stick around and they love it. And their quality of life just goes through the roof. Um, And so I think that's one of my favorite parts of my job is just setting real real realistic expectations with my clients and it it might come in with like some goals, but they're going to leave with a totally different priorities. Maybe they'll reach those original goals and that's great too, but I'm taking my clients on a journey of becoming essentially a better human being. And I think, you know, it's a shame. I can't remember if it was Hippocrates who said this or Socrates that it's, you know, it's what a shame that uh, to never experience your true strength and human potential right so Mm -hmm. um i really i'm super passionate about getting people to experience that growth and that confidence boost and that strength because just it opens up so many doors yes thank you thank you for sharing that and being very passionate about ready to drop an (laughs) f-bomb i'm right there i'm right there with you i'm right there with you i love that you brought up um people have certain goals but then they leave with different priorities. And the beauty of that, I mean, I'm someone that has, you know, done so many sports in my life and I'm always trying new things. And I think for me, it's, it's because, um, what I get out of it. I mean, yeah, I want to try this sport, but, um, when you're saying, when you start to grow and you learn, it's like, you're, you're ready to try new things. And that, not an addiction, but it's, it is that feeling that you feel that inner strength that I think that's what probably brings every person that, that enjoys exercise or, you know, like some physical, um, pushing their body to a limit. It's like, I think we're all shooting for that, right? Like it's our way to experience that internal strength and that we can be equipped for, you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically for what's to come. And so your avenue, it sounds like very approachable for anybody. And the benefit is that thing that you just described, which is who doesn't want to feel invincible, even if it's just 20 minutes, you know, but then you carry that, that experience with you and then you get to tap into that again and again. And, um, and I, I think that's like a true essence of, of why people, when they experience that, why they want to keep going back to exercise. 
or whatever yeah. that activity is. Um, and for those that maybe have not had that in a long time, you know, you, it's like so distant, that feeling. So it's hard to describe it unless they experience it. And then until they get, you know, kind of like that runner's high thing, it's this like inner, like, oh yeah, I got this. It's so yeah. empowering. So, so when you say I'm like basically making, you know, a better person, it's like, yeah, if we can all tap into that, especially now, um, we would all be better off for yeah. sure during the pandemic, yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. Do you ever deal with people that come to you from the beginning that are already dealing with pain? Um, or has that ever come up like with an injury either, you know, in the beginning or in the midst of your training, has that ever happened and how have you addressed that? Yeah, all the time. I'd say more often than not, most of our clients are not the epitome of like picture perfect health. And that's what I want to, another great perks about this is that it's completely safe for everyone of all ages but also experience levels and then um it's a really therapeutic and like safe way to work around injuries so I'll tell you how we work around injuries um one when you move slow like we do we eliminate acceleration there's literally like zero impact on the joints or around like an injury so you know one way i'll kind of boost confidence and I guess uh, gain trust with my clients is we use tons of analogies. And so it's like, I'll be like, Hey, okay. Hey, Bob, um, do me a favor here. We're, we're going to do an exercise, stand up and just walk really slowly head first into my wall right here. Just go ahead, do it. Just walk right in, just bonk your head right on that wall, but go really slow. He's like, okay, that's weird, but I guess we'll do it. I'm like, cool. Bob walks right into the wall. It's like thump. I'm like, how are you feeling, Bob? He's like, that was weird. I'm like, did you hurt yourself? He's like, no. I'm like, all right, cool. I want you to back up a little bit farther than you just did. Lean down. Get ready to sprint head first as fast as you can into that same wall. He's, <laughs> he's going to look at me like I'm freaking crazy. He's not going to do it. Well, why not? He, Bob weighed 150 pounds in this first situation. The wall was the wall in the first situation. What changed? It was the speed of movement that mm. made that a dangerous situation. So the same goes when you're lifting weights, right? So we're going to, you know, we're going to work through any injury, whether it's a shoulder, elbow, RSI, like hip, uh, and you name any low back herniations, bulging discs, you name it arthritis, TKRs, um, knee stuff, ankles. We're going to work through pain-free range of motion. So maybe it's really limited at first, but as you train your body that it's in, a, it's actually in a safe environment, mm -hmm. the nervous system is going to calm down around that. It's like a helicopter parent, right? Or it's like a new parent. Maybe they've got their toddler and they're, the parents at the sink cooking and the, the toddler's right there. Then they, they're washing and then they look and the toddler's gone. It's like, 
oh my God, where's my kid? And then you go outside and it's like, oh, he's just, he's right there playing in the sandbox. He just crawled out and he's safe. <laughs> happens again, happens again. You kind of gradually, that stress, that initial stress response kind of calms down. You know, oh, my kid's safe. He's just, he's not in my visual cue right now. And I, I really feel it's the same with a lot of chronic injuries. Mm-hmm. That the nervous system has just operated. It's gotten so used to operating in a certain way, guarding against that injury, not feeling incapable of doing something that we really just have to train it to calm down. It's like, hey, no, you're safe. You're capable. Let's teach that joint that we we want it to operate the way it was designed to. It can, it will, and let's just keep it safe. And we're just gonna train it a little bit at a time. And you know, I have awesome equipment that allows me to do this. Like we have a MedX lumbar extension that locks the pelvis down and inhibits the glutes and legs from helping out with an extension. So usually when you're doing a back extension or like trying to visual here, like a reverse crunch, those big glute muscles, your butt muscles are going to pretty much take over and the back are not, the back muscles are not going to get much of a direct stimulus. So we have this awesome machine that allows us to directly stimulate these small muscles around the, the lumbar spine. And we've gotten so many clients out of back pain that they've had for years by just getting that direct bullseye hit that those muscles were not used to getting. They were atrophying away. The body wasn't using them, use it or lose it. And that's how we work around injuries. And then even if it's really, really bad, we can do zero movement called just isometrics, right? Time static mm-hmm. contractions where they literally, we just teach our client to contract the muscles slowly maybe like at a 50 percent subjective effort it's like all right bob maybe push slowly up to like 75 percent and hold that for 30 seconds and then okay bob i want you to push as hard as you dare today just stay safe you're in control and just ease into it no sudden movements and over time that really seems to be a really logical and smart safe approach to working around injuries um for for every joint I can think of. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. I love the way you described it. And for people listening, I know a lot of times with injuries, we get these compensation patterns. And so if you have a weaker muscle, I mean, usually what I find in an injury is there's an imbalance an imbalance of strength. And then, um, that takes over. So what, what I believe Owen was describing is that, how do you, you know, get out of your injury? You want to be able to fire up the right muscles. And if there's been these compensation patterns, sounds like that's how the way you work through it is you really target the muscles that aren't firing up properly. And it's going to be, you know, where they are right now, they can start to stimulate um, and then actually push through that. So that sounds like a great way to get through injury yeah. recovery. Yeah, it's like a, a school group project, right? You want all members of the group contributing to that project but you know that usually there's one kid in the class who's like slacking and the other three have to pick up that one slack or vice versa maybe there's one doing all the work and he's got three stragglers Mm -hmm. whoever's doing the most work is going to get grumpy so like if you've got these muscle patterns like you're saying like one is doing the work of a bunch of others it's going to talk to you in manifest in pain right so you got to give it support. You got to let it calm down and you got to get the surrounding musculature to, you know, pick up its black, yeah. you know, yep. do your part. Contribute yeah. to the organism. And um, I think, you know, 
mindset around that is so important. It's like, you're not broken. Like I see people who have these just elaborate stories about their pain and mm-hmm. they've just convinced themselves that they're broken and they're dysfunctional or something's wrong. And it's like, I, you know, I just try to instill confidence, you know, Hey, pain is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And we just, let's change our relationship with it. Let's change our attitude and our perspective around it. I'll get a lot of people clearly, like I, I was skeptical too. Like you were, were trained, don't lift with your back, right? Lift with your legs. Like, and that's good advice in the real world. But like, if you don't use your back, it's going to get weaker. So mm-hmm. you've got to use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Yeah. And just know that it, it, it's going to get stimulated, the muscles in the low back, just like the muscles in your bicep or your quad or your legs, whatever. Mm-hmm. They all need some direct stimulation to operate uh, the way we want them to. And when you finally, you know, let into, you know, you submit to that experience, um, you're pushing oxygen and blood into that area and you're, you're telling that muscle, Hey, you're important to me. Here's some good stuff. Yes. Work, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, Work, darn you know, it. Work, darn it. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Of course, yeah. there's exceptions to every rule, but like for the most part, if it's chronic pain, you know, getting movement and blood and instilling confidence has always been a positive thing in my experience with every client that's walked in our door. Great. Great. That's excellent. And, you know, you have you, um, since you've been doing this training, what have the big results been in your life? Is there anything that you can identify or at least uh, share with us how this has impacted yeah. your life doing this training? Like receiving so, versus a facility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2015, early 2015, oh, was it 14 or 15? Anyway, whenever it was, I did my first five workouts and I had access to, um, and I have one now, actually, an in-body. Um, it's like a body composition reader. And I got on that before I started training to just see how much muscle mass I had, how much body fat I had, some other metrics. And um, then I started working out with Andy Bacchus. He's my buddy. He does this textile training still at David's in the, the city. And then I did another reading in like five weeks after my fifth workout. And I literally put on five pounds of skeletal muscle mass and lost about four I've, no, I actually gained, what did I, what happened? Anyway, I gained five pounds of muscle and I think I lost like three or four pounds of fat. Wow. And five weeks? Body weight. Five weeks. Wow. I dialed in. I was like super blazer focused on my nutrition. Mm -hmm. Caveat, right? You can't just do this and then eat like crap. Three pizzas after your, yeah. After your session. You gotta give the the body the right building blocks or it's going to just be overly catabolic and just break down break down break down it'll eat itself you'll be a cannibal if you don't eat real food you're going to eat yourself yeah that's a good that's a good reminder (laughs) right so there you go um but more more important than that i had like some nagging pain in my low back that totally went away sciatica type of issues that was like really crushing my life and it just like you know i don't want to say it went away 100 percent, but it like lessened in severity and frequency um i've struggled with some i've I've experienced some depression depression in my family and myself and i have not 
I, I think also I have more purpose in my life um, doing this and giving this gift. So it's all kind of intertwined, but um, definitely mm-hmm. mood, mood and confidence and ability to like take risks definitely went out, uh, went way up. So those are just some things that happened to me um, in the first month, but then compounded over five years, it's really given me a system that works for my life where I feel I've gotten rid of guilt that I'm not doing enough. I'm totally doing enough. I've Mm. exercised plenty, the perfect right amount for my constitution for five years straight. How many people can say that they've stuck to an exercise program for five years without taking a single break? Not a lot, right? Mm -hmm. We get motivated in January, but most people fizzle out by March, April at best, because, well, it's not their fault. It's because the fitness industry says you have to be there every day, five days a week, but you don't. You just have to be smart and work hard, infrequently recover. And so I really like that it's it's sustainable over a lifetime. Uh, strength training to me has become as automatic as brushing and flossing my teeth. It's just part of my routine and it will always be until the day I die. And so I love that about it because it's not asking too much of my time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, <laughs> what's the cat, like what's the most common response to how are you these days? It's, oh my God, I'm really busy. Right. So busy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's like so key. It just like gives people um, an opportunity to get rid of this guilty feeling that they don't have time mm-hmm. to, to make their health a priority. They totally have time. Like if you don't have 20 minutes once a week to dedicate to your health, you probably, you probably need three hours a week to dedicate to your health because there's right you know <laughs> right right it sounds like it's been put on the back burner but um that's that's kind of the biggies that it's contributed personally to me yeah is, mm-hmm. is that well thank you that that was beautiful and i think um anybody listening uh, i know myself this has been a very overwhelming time period i mean i mean to say the least so people listening you can be overwhelmed and you're getting more information but it's always nice to to learn about something new and know that it sounds like something s- simple meaning the the trial is very simple to do, like accessibility. It's like you can try it. You can talk with someone like you or you um, and see how this works. Because right now it's like just to try it doesn't sound like a huge commitment of time and see if it resonates. And it sounds like also five weeks you were noticing a change. So maybe if you are listening and this sounds very interesting to you, maybe try something for five weeks. Um which isn't that long of time. It's just a little bit over a month. So what, what I like is that you're very practical about this. You're passionate about it and you you put it in a way that it sounds very doable for people. And obviously we can do this from any age up to like 90, a hundred, it sounds like, um, I don't know how that works. It's, it sounds like you said the best thing is you always need to have supervision. So let's just keep that in mind, everybody. Don't try this at home alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, how would someone find a reputable trainer like yourself? Like, what's, what's a good way for people to find someone to work with if they want to try this at home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
There's a great directory, the author of Body by Science that I mentioned earlier, Dr. Doug McGuff. He's got a website, Dr. McGuff, so D-R-M-C-G-U-F-F.com. If you click there and go to, I think it's up at the top, Find Trainers, you can search by state in the United States and then, you know, just further narrow your search and find people that um, are advocates of this style of high intensity training, high effort strength training. Um, I, I welcome anyone that can email me, owen at liveoakstrength.com, and I'm happy to like, you know, if they're like, hey, I'm in Walla Walla, Washington, whatever, do you know anyone in that region? I'll, I, I will happily ask around to my colleagues and my network to, to see who would be the closest and most trusted. Um, so that those are two really good starting points. Um, Google super slow or high intensity training, HIT, just be careful with that because a lot of things will pop up, the high intensity interval training, and that's totally a different modality and thinking around exercise. Um, so you just so want to- high, So high intensity training or- Yeah. What the other one, one was? I, super slow is super a, slow. another kind of branch of this um, uh, style of training, the same principles of just- Brief, infrequent, high effort, um, slow and controlled movements with okay. um, adequate resistance. Yeah. So those, those are some good starting points for anyone. I have a question um, um, for people that may be listening, not in the States. Do you know uh, this modality? Does it exist in other parts of the world and, and how? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's very big in Australia, New Zealand. Um, we have colleagues in Germany, Switzerland. There's some really good trainers. It's everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so the resource Canada. that you mentioned, um, would that, would that only be for this country? Are there other resources or would they just have to Google, um, high intensity training in, uh, the country that they reside in? Yeah, that'd probably be their best bet. I'm actually working on putting a little directory together myself for the Live Oak Strength website. It's not finished yet, but um, with some trusted colleagues. Um, and I'll try to make it easy, like by state or region or country, really, because we have a lot of great colleagues up in Canada, too, mm -hmm. Nova Scotia, Toronto, other parts. Um, so yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. And then... Um, is there anything right now, let's say if somebody like myself or somebody listening wants to work with you, how would we go about that? Yeah, absolutely. We're, I mean, we're happy we're able to open again, finally, for in-person sessions. We had a lower capacity. Um, <laughs> in California, we have to wear masks. Um, but um, people can go to our website and we offer free introductory workout it takes usually you know we want to really get to know you first and so we'll sit down whole process will take maybe just a little under an hour you'll get a taste like a kind of demo workout about five maybe six exercises a typical workout is anywhere from like seven to 11 or 12 exercises done you know with a sense of urgency we move we joke we move quickly between exercises but slowly while we're doing them um, <laughs> that's funny so you know, the, the intro is an hour. It's on us. Um, you'll get about, you know, we'll sit down, consultation with you, go over your injuries, your past, your goals, your motivations, and then um, give you a taste of what, a, what, you know, how different this, this type of training will make you feel. And usually once people experience it, they get it. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I get it. You know, it's just, it's a totally different experience than just doing 
counting reps, right? Three sets of 12. It's no, we're going to go until you're done. Not, mm. not put you in a cookie cutter experience of three sets of 12. It's like, no, we're going to do the right minimum effective dose for this individual. So they'll get to the taste five, uh, six exercises on their first visit. And then, you know, should they choose to sign up and train? We advocate anywhere from four to eight sessions a month. Everybody's different. Um, if you're really sedentary, not doing any other physical activity or exercise, definitely get in twice a week. If you're rather athletic or active person, we can usually find a right dose, maybe six sessions a month or four sessions a month would be better. Um, and we can tell because we use data and technology like the ARX that actually graphs people's strength. So we can see if they're overtraining, mm -hmm. if they're getting sunburned, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By exercise or mm -hmm. if they can tolerate more, but I'm more interested in like, how little can I get away with and still get the max benefit? So yeah, um, that's, that's, yeah, that's how people could get in touch with us. And we're, we're still doing virtual supervised training um, via zoom. So um, most of our clients that do the virtuals we've met in person before, but that's, we actually do have several clients that aren't in the state of California that we train virtually very regularly. Um, so if you're not in Emeryville or willing to drive to Emeryville, that's an option to work with us personally. But if you're in an area where there's somebody with a facility, I highly recommend taking advantage of the in-person experience. Okay. Because you'll, you'll get that human contact face-to-face, -face, which is so valuable, I think, these days when we're living in such a Zoom forward world there's value right. in that too yeah. right right so okay so it sounds like people have options because uh, now at least i know in our country um we, you know where where we reside we're one of the last places to, to open up yeah. um and i know a lot of the world is opened up now so you do have the option at the moment to physically go in person if that's of interest um what would a virtual session look like for someone if, if they don't have this option today or tomorrow or three months down the road, what would it be like to be at home and, and do a virtual session with you? Just like a general, how, how, how would that work? Because we don't have, I can't imagine anybody listening has the, the type of equipment that you yeah. have. I know I know. So yeah, no, not a lot of people do. Um, takes up a lot of space and it's expensive. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, on our website, instructions for booking a virtual instruction, really, like it, it says, if you have zero equipment, like if you don't even have a band or a yoga belt around, literally all you need is a chair and a bath towel and a wall and just get the camera about six to eight feet away from you. So that me or my colleague, my trainers can see you clearly. Um, and we'll take you through a great body weight heavy like oriented workout and then a couple what we call like time static contraction or isometrics where we just really teach you how to um, contract with intention the muscles that you're targeting and exhaust them really safely but thoroughly so we get creative i mean you can the source of stimulation is not important it's how you use the tool is more important so we'll we'll teach you how to make a beach towel feel as heavy as two bowling balls we'll get you that tired yeah, yeah. Wow. I believe yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But in a good way, right? This is like a, a short-term tiredness for a big game. Short-term. It can yeah. sound, it can come off as very scary and intimidating. And, um, 
you know, the word intensity, I think just brings that out. But what we mean by intensity is just an intensive intensity of your own effort that mm. you're making this, this experience stand out from the usual type of baseline activities you're doing. It's a little, it's pushing you more than a walk. It's pushing you more than a Pilates or a yoga class. It's just standing out because we have to, we have to push the body to go out of its comfort zone a little bit to hold mm. on to that, that valuable fast twitch muscle fibers. That's just, it's the currency in which we live our lives and we have no idea how valuable it is till it's gone. Right. So right. we just gotta keep, keep it around for as long as we can. Yeah. Oh. So don't let the word intensity scare you off. It's everyone can do this at any level of fitness. It's uh, a low barrier to entry of skill level. It's very simple. We keep things very just simple. Like they're not yeah. complex movements that we're not going to be doing blindfolded one-legged hop squats or whatever. Like it's going to be very <laughs> like push, pull, squat, press, lift, lower, you got it. Like uh, done properly. It's it's very simple, very focused. Yeah, mm, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the clarification about the intensity because I, I that word itself does <laughs> kind of put an imprint yeah. on all of our thinking. And so it sounds like it's like okay, we're doing basic form, basic movement um, with precision and hyper focus, and then to when we can can no longer get to that point or not that point, but exhaust ourselves of all of those yeah. aspects. And then we break, we take a break and then yeah. we go to the next, next exactly. step. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah um, that's good. I mean, I, th I think it'd be prudent to say like back to how you think about exercise really matters, why that's important. I think a lot of people go in and they think that the point of what they're about to do is to make the weight stack go up and down. Mm. That's like their primary objective. Well, if that's your primary objective, if you think that's your goal, you're going to do that in a way that makes that the easiest. Like you're like, I just have to do three sets of 10. Let me just get them done. Right. It's like, right. That is a side effect of what your, your, um, your your purpose should be like that you know if you you should move the weights in a way that stimulates your muscles the most profoundly and that's not going to be the way that makes it easiest for those weights to move around so how you view what you're trying to do matters for your safety and for your results so mm. um i really like that kind of that attitude toward it um because we live in such a um, competitive world and are like, I guess, uh, mechanical work is really rewarded. It's like, I want to produce this result, mm -hmm. but really we're, we're more interested in like metabolic work. And so the, you know, using any tool, a crappy tool or a good tool correctly is going to give you way better results, like using like the fanciest equipment incorrectly like know the objective it's to stimulate an adaptation in your body it is not to make something go from point a to point b mm. i hope that's i hope that's helpful in anything you do like and then but physical activity right on the other side is totally about enjoyment 
and getting something done, scoring points on basketball, getting the ball to go in the hoop, right? That is the objective. Um, and when you have more strength, those objectives get easier. <laughs> nice. Oh, thank you so much for right? clarifying. Yeah. The difference between exercise and physical activity, the, the yeah. goals are, yeah, it's how we view different. that. The goals are yeah. different. Yeah. The goals aren't the same doing exercise and physical activity. And I think that's yeah. a big confusion for, for most of us. Yeah. Physical activity is like very specific. Like what I said, you, you might enjoy yoga. I might enjoy swimming. Bob might enjoy bowling. Uh, Marion might enjoy chess or checkers. Like those are, you know, like what chess and checkers. Well, like some physical activities kind of are a little closer to exercise, right? Like you might think mm-hmm. swimming is probably more like exercise than playing chess and you'd be right. But I think that's where the confusion is. But so it's very like physical activity is very specific to the person's interest. It's, um, what do I say? Like instinctive, personal, and it's, it's just it's great for your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas exercise, it's the same for everyone. It's logical. We all have the same like makeup. We all have, you know, the same muscle tissue. So like that's the same for everybody. It's very logical, programmed, focused. Um, let me see my other notes. What do I say? It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> is that is that the real reason it's only 20 minutes <laughs> 20 minutes because you it just yeah you don't want to do it longer trust me if you want to go longer than 25 minutes you're not working hard enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but remembering that it is 25 minutes and and as we were discussing earlier that there is that that internal strength that you get um that's really powerful that will take you from one session to the next because yeah you know you're getting something out of it. And if you can push yourself hard for 25 minutes, uh, you'll be rewarded for sure. Yeah. yeah. I have clients say it's the hardest thing they do all week, but it's like the highlight of their week too. So, mm. You know, oh, that's nice. perspective. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Owen. This has been very informative and opening up my mind to, to the way I view exercise and activity. And hopefully... I should say exercise and physical activity. So hopefully those listening um, have a better idea about his perspective, his advice, his training. And obviously there's a lot of resources available. They're going to be in the show notes from what we've just discussed. So if you need to get in touch with Owen or you want to check out the directories, that'll be in the show notes. And yeah, this is, this has just been a great visit to the land of high intensity strength training. Owen, you've been a fantastic guide. Thank you for showing us around. I had a lot of fun talking with you, Denise. Really. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShetler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.